screwed onto that. And I have all the wires, cables, power supply, and shit like that underneath the table. Yeah. So when it's time to record, we just move out the table and we're ready to go. It's like a little mobile quote unquote station. Nice. So that's fun. <coughs> oh, excuse me. This is some good shit. That SPF stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good shit. They have a 16 ouncer at the uh, the Soxfield. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. They, they have, that whole Goose Island area is fucking impressive. The whole thing. I love the uh, the Goose Island taps, the tap handles. It's yeah. like the angry has a goose. I think that's yeah. fucking cute. Definitely cool. But um, yeah, because we went to the game not maybe last weekend or whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, last weekend. And um, it was good, man. It was good stuff. Other than the fact we got our ass kicked. But that's par from the course at this point. You know, not going to get into that because it's just going to make me upset. Yeah. And, You're uh, going to get heated. Yeah. Uh, they're playing right now, and I don't want to bring that upon myself. Don't jinx it. But yeah. Well, there's that. Um, let me go, to get, go ahead and get the agenda ready to go, and then, uh, and then we can rock and roll. Yeah, just about. Uh, okay. That's done. You ready, Gabe? Oh, yeah. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 123. One, two, three. Yeah. I've waited 122 fucking episodes <laughs> to say that. Yeah. So, yeah, one, two, three. Me and Gabe took last week off because... Why do we do that? Because uh, you're helping Jade move. Yeah, we're helping we'll Jade. we that in a yeah. sec. We're helping Jade move, and uh, we didn't have a fat agenda. We had like six, five... It was, it, yeah, yeah, it was a scraps. Like five, six items on their tops. So, uh, we were like, you know what? We'll wait a week. We'll push it back, and uh, we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about the following week. But... You, st- you you brought it up, so let's talk about it. So, we moved my sister last weekend. My sister was living up north side by mm-hmm. Edgewater, right, uptown ish Edgewater. Um, so, let's let me let me let me show you how the day got started. So, I got woke up at eight, like eight fifty. Her boyfriend picked me up. So, you know, Ricky's a nice guy, so it's no big deal. I don't have no problem having them, whatever. So he's like, okay, we're gonna go to the U-Haul. All right, we're gonna go pick up the U off from like 79th and Western. First, we went to pick up his uncle because his uncle was gonna help us too. Whatever. So we get to the Western U uh, haul, and Ricky goes inside, and they're like, "I don't know what you're talking about." He's <laughs> what like, fucking U haul? Yeah, he's like, uh, "Well, there's one in the the lot. Like, you have the keys for that one. We'll take that one." He had a confirmation number. He did this way in advance. Like, it shouldn't be a problem, right? And they're like, "Don't know what that is. Don't have the keys for it." So it's like, okay, so what do you want us to do? He's like, well, you could try the other U-Haul on 120th and Cicero or whatever the fuck. Oh, man. So we went literally from St. Rita on 79th and Western to like 120th and Cicero by like Brother Rice-ish yep. and like Marist and all that. We go to that one. They're in there for like an hour. And I'm sitting in the car like this because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to fucking. It's not my headspace, right? Yeah, he comes back. He's like, yeah, they don't have one. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, so therefore they start calling, you know, the U-Haul customer service people, whatever. Blah blah blah. Waited forever on on the phone. And they're like, "Yeah, well, a reservation doesn't mean that you're guaranteed it." That it's like, "Well, what's, what the fuck is a reservation then?" <laughs> yeah, what's the fucking point, right? They couldn't pull up his confirmation number, it didn't exist even though it was clear as day he hadn't on his phone. La la la. You have to keep in mind that the day before, they got called from the landlord, they're like, "Oh, the tenant might not be out." By the time you guys get there, 
because he's had to the end of the day to be done, to be out, right? But they kept on asking him repeatedly, is he going to be done? He's going to be out. He's like, oh, yeah, he's giving me the, you know, for sure he's going to be out by like noon or whatever the hell, which is reasonable, right? Whatever. No, that he's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. We don't know yet if he's going to be out. So there was that. And on top of the fact they canceled his U-Haul like multiple times, he had to keep on setting it up over and over and over again. So this is what we did. We're like, all right, fine. We have a, we have a pickup truck and we have an SUV. Jay doesn't have that much, that many big items, right? So we're like, you know what? We're just going to go. We're just going to go with what we got. We're going to head down there. We went to go pick up um, one of uh, Ricky's, his brother-in-law. We're like, all right, we need your truck. We're going to make this happen. So got the pickup, got the SUV, drove down LSD, Lakeshore Drive, right? Last week was the gay pride parade. So it was fucking backed up this, you know, so far back. It was like we were on LSD for like an hour and a half, right? Like once we got past Belmont, it was like straight, right? Uh, but after that, it was like, at that point I was already like kind of fried. Like I was expecting to be done by this time and to be home. We are just getting started right now. It's like one o'clock. So we start packing up Jade's items. The power drill that they packed with them died. The battery died. So we were like fiddling with our fingers trying to get these screws off. So Jade didn't have, like I said, Jade didn't have that much stuff. So it wasn't like the end of the world, but it's annoying. It sounds like a total pain in the ass. Yeah. So we pack up her stuff. It's super suspect. Like, let me see if I could uh, pull up the 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 truck because we i took a picture of it while i was driving with jade on lakeshore drive because i wanted you to see how fucking shenanigans Sketchy. yeah how shenanigans this is this is jade's stuff oh my I, word on lakeshore drive i might post this up with the podcast because this is uh it's suspect so fortunately the ride back wasn't as long as the ride there my sister is actually living in the same apartment building that my mom is in right oh that's nice so it's like yeah they're like like right across from each other so it's pretty pretty easy right so we get there, the guy's not out. So we're like, fuck, well, what are we going to do with all this stuff? Me and Jade are freaking out. And on top of that fact of, we're looking at the, we look up at this guy, I'm like, it's going to rain. I, I could just tell his brother, I'm like, it's going to rain. And Jay's like, no, don't say that. We get out of the car. We're still waiting. Keep in mind, on the way there, we get a uh, text message from Bob's Discover Furniture because my sister's having her couch delivered within an hour. <laughs> so we don't have a place to put it, and it starts to rain. So my, my Ricky, my sister's uh, boyfriend takes off to a gas station so they can find some coverage. Cause Jade's shit is like out in the open. So it's getting rained on. We're waiting for the guy to get done. Fortunately, we don't have to very, wait very long. The guy got done. And then we had to like very quickly, like move all her shit in. Cause it was raining. And, um, fortunately he was actually a nice enough guy to be like, Hey, like we don't have anywhere to put this couch. Like, can we just please put park it off to the side in this, in this place? He's like, yeah, it's fine. So whatever did that. And we got Jade moved in all safe and sound. But I told Jade, I'm like, this is impressive even for you. Like, cause Jade has the worst luck in the world naturally. And like, this was something I'm just like everything that this could, is ungodly. Yeah. Everything that could possibly go wrong did for her. That's last so week. funny. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not moving you ever again. So don't ask me. <laughs> don't ask me. So that was moved Jade uh, 2K19. I moved her last year and I'm kind of sick of moving people. No mas. Yeah. No more for a little no bit. No mas. Yeah. So um, there was that. Uh, on the upside, like I said, uh, she moved in with her boyfriend. This is the first time they're actually moving in together. So hopefully everything is good on that front and uh, all that good stuff. But yeah, other than that, that was Movie Jake 2K19. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, sir. You want to pause that for a sec? Sure. Uh, all right. Sorry about that. Gabe had to make, had a, phone to make call. a quick phone call. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a total pain in the ass, man. Yeah. It, it would be on something you volunteer for, too, for family because, yeah. like, you know, you do that shit. Yeah. But... 
Yeah, I, that blows, man. To be honest, if Ricky didn't help me move, I wouldn't have helped them to move, to be, <laughs> to be totally honest, because Ricky was like uh, my, my wingman when we moved here. Even though Jay's like, oh, Ricky, Ricky had helped you. I'm like, yeah, but we were moving your shit, too. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, anyway, he was a nice guy, so that's why I did it. Other than that, <laughs> moving along. All right, so th- you put this on here. So uh, me and Maddie wrapped up uh, not only Viva La Bam, but Bam's Unholy Union. We plowed through all that, right? <laughs> and so we, we wrapped it up on a Friday night. Saturday, we were doing some stuff. We had some time to kill, so we hit the mall. We hit Zoomies, and they had a him hardogram bam skateboard and maddie like totally fell in love with it and so i got it for her and she's gonna break some bones yeah skating yeah gabe sent me a picture earlier in the week he's like what have i done <laughs> i'm like yeah dude it is corrupted what it is. her so it's funny because we we talked about maddie and stuff in before but like the whole jackass cky thing was never really her thing she wasn't really exposed no. to it i liked how she's just like full board embraced this thing like yep. it's like it was part of her now because gabe brought over season two and three of viva la bam i finished season one and it's a fucking hoot and, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get my wife into it, but she keeps on like giving me this look cause I'm trying to um, like pull, draw her in by pull, showing her like highlights and stuff. That's like, like the most off the wall shit. Like the dudes falling out of the fucking Christmas tree or whatever. <laughs> and she's just like, I'm like, come on, dude. Like th- you get a little bit of reaction. You got to sell that a little bit. Cause it, it was definitely funny. Good stuff like that. Or the, you want the soup of the day, the soup of the show. He's like, same fucking thing. <laughs> I gotta get into that. But, um, so yeah, I like how she's fully embraced this whole thing. Yeah. She's 110% on board with all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, get your own fucking things. Right. in me. Right. But yeah, right. I just thought it was pretty funny. Hey man, it is what it is. All so, right. uh, let's do, so I, so this category name has changed because I didn't know where to put one of these things. Uh, so it's movies, TVs, and books now because we don't have a dedicated book section. What's a book? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So I, I, this is something I saw. So we talked about, um, you know, Robert Pattinson playing playing Batman or whatever. And um, I was like not on board like at all. I'm like, you know what? Comes out, I'm going to skip. But they lowered me back in because Andy Serkis, who is like the godfather of all facial animations for like characters, rumored to be playing Clayface. And outside of the fact that I want to see a Clayface, I've been wanting to see Clayface for a long time. He's a good actor and I like his shit. So if this is true... I think they've lured me back in. What do you think? Uh, Andy Serkis is the man of many faces. and uh, Absolutely. I, I don't think we should judge based on cast. But mm-hmm. that being said, if it comes out to be a good movie, you know? Yeah. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. But um, they might have got me back back on board with this one because that's, that's, that's a big call. That's a big play for me because I'm a big fan of Andy Serkis and his work. I think the telltale sign for me is if people are still talking about it after it's already come out. Yeah. Because, you know, like uh, Child's Play, like nobody's fucking talking about that yeah. anymore you know if For there's sure. still hype and love and things like that and you still hear those fucking radio commercials after the movie's out yeah. then maybe you, it's worth checking did you out. know the premise for the new child's play how they set it up because they didn't well, take the, tra- the premise the traditional route and this is like a i guess kind of a spoiler alert if you're you know you're trying to see it but i think if you wanted to you probably would have by now um but instead of like a serial killer using a voodoo curse to put his soul inside of a doll it is just a uh a disgruntled factory worker who got fired while he's working, which is like, you know, those two things don't happen. Um, they fired him. So he removed the chip controlling behavior from the doll. So the doll kind of just started doing its own thing. Cause it has like an app or whatever the fuck. I don't know, but that's like the premise as opposed to, I mean, I guess they didn't want to go too over the top cheese ball with it, but I think I'd prefer them to go over the top. Cheese. I mean, look at the fucking premise of it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. And I like how everybody keeps on saying that he looks like a Republican because he does. <laughs> but we're not going to get into that. But, yeah, so that was the little premise on the whole Child's Play thing. So 
Yep, moving along. Into the Spider-Verse. So, what's up with did, this? Did you see it? I have not yet, no. So, it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I rec- and it is a 100% recommend. Because outside of the fact, it's like beautiful artwork. Like, they did such a great job of giving this its own character. Uh, it takes kind of the traditional Spider-Man formula we all know and love. And they're like, well, you know what happened. So, they kind of start to tell their story. Each individual Spider-Man's story. And why they're merging and what's going on with them. And the movie has a tremendous amount of heart. It's focused mostly on Miles Morales, Spider-Man, and kind of telling his story, his origin background, and uh, kind of explaining what's going on with it. So, watched it with the wife. Like I said, beautifully animated. Looks great. Good music. Fantastic musical selections. Spider-Gwen looks dope as fuck. I mean, Spider-Gwen. It is what it is. And it was just a good, funny movie. Did a great job at kind of establishing this multiverse thing. And, um, I mean, ah, shit. Uh, when did it come out? Did it come out last year? Or did it come 2016, out? I believe, end of 2016. It did not come out that long Maybe ago. 2017? No. Into the Spider-Verse? It just came out, I feel like. Hold mm. on. Let me Google this real quick. Sorry. We need answers. Into the Spider-Verse. It had to just come Is out. Is time going faster, or are we just paying less attention? Oh, so it came out last year. Okay, so you're late, right on that. Late last year. So, uh, man, I think if I would have saw it before the year was out, it would have been made my list. Yeah. Top movies of the year. Yeah. It was a really, really fucking good movie. So, um, would you have put it right under Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it like be. I said, it was, it was really funny, really colorful. Uh, and they did tell the great story. So if you're into Spider-Man, you're going to love it. Um, arguably one of the better Spider-Man movies that exist. So there's that. Uh, I'm trying to see Spider-Man tonight. The new one. I'm trying to see that tonight. Uh, we'll see what happens though. Um, but yeah, Into the Spider-Verse, really good. I recommend it if you haven't seen it. Good stuff. Check it out on Netflix. Next. So we got um, the trailer for the next Jumanji movie Yeah, we dropped, did. <laughs> and that trailer is something fucking else. Yeah. So here's the basic premise. We still got your, your basic characters. It's Kevin Hart, The Rock, and all the other people I can't name because I'm so terrible. Jack Black. Jack Black and the woman. Yeah. Um, except this time, there's like a weird body swap going on here. <laughs> so so you want to walk us through this body swap? So, yeah. In the original movie, the Spencer, the main character, was played by The Rock. Well, he was The Rock in the video game. And, you know, the, the pretty chick was the fat guy. was Jack Black's character. Uh, the awkward girl was the, the hot, spicy chick. And, uh, oh, my God. Kevin Hart was by the big black kid, right? So, like you said, a little bit of a role reversal because we don't really know where the like the the main kid went because he was like into the game, and then we don't know really know what happened. But Danny DeVito is playing the Rock, a Rock's character, which is fucking fantastic. And uh, oh my god, which Glover is it? What's his name? Donald Glover. No, I thought isn't that his son? Who are you talking about? The 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 old guy, the old black guy. What's his name? Is that Donald Glover? I thought his son was Donald Glover. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we fit another brick wall. Yeah, sorry. Room. So him, the older black gentleman who was uh, in uh, Lethal Weapon, he is playing Kevin Hart's character. So like you said, a total kind of flip on the head because Danny DeVito is kind of playing this big Hulk in The Rock, you know, and uh, he's like oh, Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Thank you. See, told you. Um, so yeah, this whole thing is kind of flipped on its head and the characters that we're playing last time aren't the characters they're playing this time. So everybody's all fucking discombobulated and confused. And uh, God damn it, it was fucking funny. Yeah, it was a really good trailer. Yeah, he's like the he's like what's smoldering? He's like this that face, the stupid face you make. And he's like he's like oh my god, he's he's having a stroke. He's like breathe, 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 breathe. <laughs> damn it, it's yeah, co- man. I'm excited for Devito. I think he's a fucking phenomenal actor. Yeah. Him simply being in control of the Rock, the Rock. Yeah. I think is fucking hilarious. It's gonna be real good. I mean, I, I stand by this man. The last Jumanji was such a fucking gem, and that I feel like nobody really talked about it up front. But everybody after a while was like, wow, that was. 
that was really good. It had no right to be that good, and it was really, really good. I think with uh, with this kind of refresher in this IP, I think we're going to see some love and perhaps some good stuff come out of the series. Yeah. I don't know how many movies they're planning to do and all that stuff, but I mean, from what we've seen so far, it's going in the right direction. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, who would have thought that the fucking Jumanji would have been one of the IPs that they brought back? We're like, wow, that was really well done. Such such a strange thing, but yeah, they did a great job with that, and uh, hopefully it's awesome when it comes out. This one's you. So there's rumors out there that for Bond 25, the last Daniel Craig James Bond movie, uh, Rami Malek is going to be the villain. Ooh. So he played, uh, in the most recent movie I saw with him, he played Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. I am 110% on board. This kid has a lot of good acting potential, and I yep. think he'll make a phenomenal villain. I wonder what angle they're going to have him come at. That's like the, the intrigue, because it's very important when it comes to Bond villains, because you have kind of the, the sly, like intellectually superior kind of um, villains. And then you have kind of the uh, same kind of physical equals kind of uh, villain. So I wonder where he's going to be on that. Front. I think he's going to be like this Silva kind of villain where he's like overwatching and looming kind of in the background the whole time. Okay. I know Rami Malek's policy is no race or religion. So I'm sure they're not going to take that angle with his villain because mm-hmm. that's like one of his contract things. He's like no takes on this or that. Okay, so I'm excited to see where it goes, man. I, I think he'll be a phenomenal villain. Interesting, yeah, that, I'm I'm down for that. I think that's a good take. So we'll see what happens. We've been reporting on Bond, this Bond movie for like since the last one came out. So um, hopefully, it could, hopefully we, next year, yeah. yeah, we can see something come out of it. Next, so I saw this movie. Me and my wife, we went through a, a binge watch of kind of some ridiculous movies. You recall this? You recall Geostorm? No. So this was a movie that much kind of in the vein of those uh, disaster movies. Like the day after tomorrow, or like 2012, or whatever, right? Where it's like the nature is striking back, or whatever the fuck, right? And this one tells a story of <laughs> a character uh, played by Gerard Butler who built kind of this weather controlling apparatus around the whole entire planet. Okay. <laughs> and that suddenly, somehow, they the thing starts to malfunction, and they kind of have like this. <laughs> Uh, pseudo political undertones about it and just it, none of it makes sense at all it's like a horrible horrible movie and tremendously entertaining some of the big uh, you know weather fighting back scenes were pretty cool but like the villain of the film he was like his thing was like I'm going to take this over and use it as a weapon the villain of the film had no real control over the weather like it wasn't him controlling the weather it was them protecting it protecting us from the weather that we've created. So if you take control of that away, or if you remove this system, whatever, then the weather is going to do what it wants. And if you're in the vicinity of it, it's going to fuck you up too. Like there's just a lot of things in the movie that don't make absolutely no sense. And it's absolutely horrible. But if you ever want to sit down and nitpick a movie, it's pretty good to pit nitpick at. What year did this movie come out in? Probably two, within the last two or three years, probably. Gerard Butler. Yeah, Mr. Gerard Butler's in it, and it's 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 pretty bad. But me and my wife had a good time picking it apart. So uh, if you ever get bored, if you're like really bored, and you want to watch Geostorm, I would recommend it. On that good front. copy on Geostorm. Yeah. <laughs> good copy on that. Um, so I'm going to do these two back-to-back because they're okay. kind of related. Sure. Um, Marvel Zombies had a very short-lived comic run. Back in the 2012 kind of era when mm-hmm. Zombies was, you know, returning. Um, and so they're coming out with a new set of Marvel Zombies comics. Okay. I'm particularly excited. I thought these comics were, were fun, interesting, and things of that nature. To see your favorite cast be, you know, flesh-eating zombies and stuff. Absolutely. Um, any thoughts on this? 
I think it's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, um, like you said, they, it had a very limited run, but it was entertaining enough. Uh, I never dove too deeply in it, but I always liked the artwork. The artwork was always well, well done in all the books that I saw. And um, did they have any particular reason why they're bringing it back? Or they just said, fuck it, let's do it? Uh, I think they just said, fuck it, let's do it. Um, and so the second thing is kind of related in a sense. So for the next episode of the Exploration Podcast, we're covering uh, the, the zombie genre as a whole when we're talking about that. And so part of like our research process is to go in and sometimes consume the media that we're going to be reviewing, right? So we knocked out Dawn of the Dead 2005 because uh, that's like one of my favorite zombie movies of all time. And so we rewatched it, and I was like, damn, this movie aged really nicely. Like, this is, granted, it does. it's not your full 4K fucking movie experience, right? But it, it's continuous. It makes sense. The fucking casting choices are great. Zack Snyder's behind the directing. Uh, James Gunn wrote the screenplay. Like, you have all these, like, creative minds behind this essentially zombie movie at the end of the day that's blood and guts. And it's just so well done and, and things of that nature. I don't know. I just really appreciate it. When's the last time you saw this movie? The, the 2005 version? Yeah, the 2005 Shit, version. man. Uh, it's been a long time. I might have to sit down and watch that again because I did enjoy it. I remember that. But, yeah, it's been a while. Um, I just prefer the, the original. No, I totally understand. But, um, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. Um, really? James Gunn wrote it? I didn't know that. He wrote the screenplay. Yeah. I, I knew Snyder directed it. That's interesting. Who would have thought? Yeah, because I saw the credits go up and I was like, oh, shit. James Gunn wrote the screenplay. Yeah, he, he is definitely a guy that... I think a lot of people are like, wow, that, that thing that I've liked for the last 10 years, that he wrote that? He was involved in that? The, he, guy, the guy who did Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. Um, real quick, I want to I wanna fucking hype up your podcast a little bit because we haven't really talked about it previously. Gabe has had a new podcast with another partner called The Exploration Podcast, right? Yep. And it essentially is taking lore from different mediums and it cut you guys doing kind of a deep dive research and kind of talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's Gabe's new project. It's fucking fantastic. I've listened to almost every episode so far. Thank you, sir. And uh, he's, Gabe scripts these things out. Like, it's not just us shooting the shit. Like, well, it's a very different format because yeah. here we toss up stuff and it's very conversation pieces. Yeah. For that one, we sit down twice a week sometimes and we say, here's what we're going to cover. Here's what we got to do. It's like very like essay ish, mm -hmm. but I think it comes out natural enough to where it's not like totally rehearsed. Yeah, rehearsed, if yeah. that makes sense. Absolutely. And um, he's done. Borderlands, you've done Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You did, what else did you do? Uh, we did an episode of Halo's The Banished. Halo, okay. What was that, three episodes? Yeah. And then we got one more out there that I can't fucking remember. Yeah, me either. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> with that, I kind of wanted, uh, since I knew that you Oh, we did Jet Set Radio. That was the Jet Set one. Radio, yep. Um, how does it feel to be the kind of the, 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 the captain of your own ship at the moment? It's good, man. I, I feel like... Um, I feel like the, the engineering aspect of it isn't hard. Like, I know the equipment. I know the software, all that stuff. That isn't too hard to master once you get past that first initial phase. Yeah. But it's it's simply the fact that, like, we don't crank this out every week or try to do it every week like you and I do. It's one of those where we got to sit down and we got to be like, fuck, what are we writing about this week? What can we do that's interesting, this and that and that? And I feel like we're always kind of pushing ourselves to, to make the latest episode more interesting than the last. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where the struggle comes in. Because sometimes I'll come in from one angle and my, my co-host Greg will come in from a totally different angle. And I'll be like, well, I want to do this. And he'll be like, I'm not following or this and that. And then we got to like, you know, sit down and kind of figure these things out. But mm -hmm. it's good. I think uh, he he's the same level as you. We're very good creative partners. And once we sort out the kinks and stuff, it's 
It's a very nice thing. Absolutely. So I just wanted to give that some love because I do enjoy the project and uh, all that good stuff. Thank so you, sir. Keep it going. Keep it going, buddy. All right. So, <clears throat> so the big one. Yeah. The big one. So arguably one of the bigger um, summer releases. I'd yeah. Say. One of the bigger summer releases. Uh, one of the most interesting IPs of the last probably five, six years. Stranger Things has dropped a brand new season on Netflix. Season three. And... Um, I don't know what angle you want to come at it this about. Do we want to give like overall thoughts? Do we want to talk about in depth at first or what do you want? Well, to, it's want to still do? the weekend technically of its release. So we should do spoiler free for yeah. at least another week or two. Yeah. And then come back around to it, do maybe a full review. I want to start this off by saying um, Stranger Things was, I didn't expect to be involved in it like that. We just kind of came across it when it dropped the first season. Me and Maddie started watching, and then boom, in one night, we, we wrapped up the whole season. It was one of those, like, holy shit, did we just really watch eight hours of Stranger Things? Yeah. And um, so we were, like, really excited. We thought it was a good story, blah, blah, blah. And they chose to continue it, and season two came out. Season two is when I started feeling like they're going to try and milk this property. And season two, to me, at least felt very forced. It, didn't, it wasn't of the same quality as season one. It wasn't bad but it wasn't it was definitely not as well thought out as the previous season in in retrospect um season two does a lot of setup for season three yeah and that's kind of where i gotta give it some you know respect points if you want to call it that right um so season three dropped uh this week on the fourth of july which is a weird time to drop essentially a, a horror franchise right but whatever and we plot through it and my general thoughts uh, that I've been telling everybody who's asked me how, how I liked it. I was like, it is on par with the quality and the writing of season one. Mm -hmm. The only noticeable difference is that this is a different flavor. This is perhaps a different meat in your taco, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm -hmm. But it's of the same quality taco, and it is just as satisfying, if not more satisfying, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, as we were going through it, I cannot tell you. like One of the biggest things about the show and that I enjoy the most is just how fucking well it's shot. Like there's there's shot after shot. I'm like, wow, like I gorgeous out loud. I'm like, wow, what a fucking shot that was. And um, they just did a great job with the cinematography. Everything looks so fucking beautiful, so crisp. They really do a great job of establishing this little shithole town in the middle of Indiana. Um, they do a great job with that. <clears throat> and I 100 percent agree to me. That's because me, me and Adrian got into it last night and I'm like, OK, I'm like, we got to stop because th this show has a hook. And once you're hooked, you're not going to stop. I'm like, I think if we stop here, it would be a good time to pick up tomorrow morning. And we finished it. And, uh, man, it, like I said, I, I think I like it a little bit more than the first season. The first season did a good job kind of establishing these characters. But at this point, we love these characters. You know these characters. And yeah, um, you want to see them get through the whole ordeal. Um, and, you know, it definitely raises the stakes near the end. Um, it, it kind of incorporates this new element, kind of this... Uh, spy espionage kind of thing with uh, certain characters and my favorite thing about the stranger things formula and it's something that's happened every season is that throughout the season every characters group characters group off and like do their own thing do their own thing a very scooby-doo kind of approach yeah, they do their, let's split up gang yeah they do their own thing they're looking at the same issue from different angles and trying to figure out their portion of it so at the end where they all come together it's like ah okay all this is making sense and now with, let's confront this issue that we're having or whatever is looming and that's what i love about stranger things is every like the last episode or two where everybody's like okay you know this we know this these things things are connected how are we going to get through it and that's what i love about the show they've added on a couple new characters a few i mean they had one you know they had a couple of characters that you're like okay that's cool and i love as it's going on especially from um you know the uh, hopper point of view where like 
everybody like once they start talking about like realizing that what they're talking about is connected to everything they've gone through before they everybody has this kind of look and they're like ah oh, fuck this shit <laughs> this shit again right and um i just they did a great job all the characters are fucking awesome i love the relationships between these kids i know how they're dating but they're like trying to figure each other out because they're young and young teenagers and they don't know anything about the opposite gender and all that good stuff um overall it kept up an extremely satisfying season they did a great job. Beautiful uh, ending too. Yeah, absolutely beautiful, absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I'm really. Did you stay? Yeah, like I a, stayed. Okay, make sure you watch the uh, yeah. post. Yeah, pseudo credits. Because I mean, Adrian, I'm like that. Because usually there's always a hook for the next season. Yeah. The first season he was spitting out the the, the slug. The second season there was the fucking thing looming over the arcade. And I'm like, is that it? Like, there's no thing. And then it started to to do its thing i uh i have some thoughts about that uh that scene but we'll get into that maybe during the full review but if you need an excuse to watch it take this as it yeah uh i'd say that stranger things is probably netflix's best and biggest original property absolutely and uh i feel like at least for this season there wasn't like all this crazy fucking marketing like for the second season because there's a big push towards the second season but now i just saw the like they had like a duncan promotion and i seen a couple pops come up that was it yeah um i definitely agree with that the hype i think has died on just a little bit but i think that's perfect because in this season particular i didn't feel like there was any filler at all no, it was all good quality Every, content. Everything was 100% important and relevant to the story that they were trying to tell. Well, last season, you kind of feel like, okay, now they're kind of going through the paces. This season didn't have that. Everything was important, and uh, that's what I love about it. I think they did such a great job. And uh, I'm going to have to do another watch because it was just fantastic, man. The music is so fucking good. So good. Love that 80s synth so stuff. So good. And, um, you know, even the music that they used, like, incorporated with the story, like, the actual music that were hits at the time, and all, it's all relevant. So good. It's so well So done. good. Lots of, uh, lots of well-shot scenes, as you mentioned, and uh, overall a good watch. Yeah. So check it out if you're into that kind of stuff. And I will say, last thing, that the final boss is probably the best final boss we've had so far in the whole, in the whole series. So, I'd say so as well. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty dope. So that was Stranger Things Season 3. It's dope. All right, let's talk some games. All right, cool. So I got uh, I got two Call of Duty things on here that Gabe put on the docket. Weird, right? Strange. So the first one, um, there was some news that came out from Inside Activision in regards to Black Ops 4. As we know, the game launched with no campaign mode, and that's how it was marketed. Yeah. That, hey, this doesn't have a campaign, no but we campaign. have these two things. Yeah. Apparently, um, <clears throat> some disgruntled employees said that there was like almost a full-fledged campaign written. Uh, there was some... like assets and stuff and then activision said no fuck it we're not doing it it's not um i I don't know what the exact term they said but it it essentially didn't it wasn't fun quote unquote so there was a campaign for it yeah and there was this all this stuff all this effort and love and time most importantly put into making a campaign and they scrapped it apparently last minute and so that's the way from day one since black ops 4 was announced they're like hey this is no campaign this is just all the good stuff I think that's a bit ridiculous. If you yeah. want more information on it, uh, Clean Prince Gaming did a really good cover, uh, just analyzing the whole issue and all that stuff. And he has some really good talking points in regards to it. But I just thought that was uh, that was pretty wild, man. I agree with that because I, I I did see this too. And the article that recently came out about this was actually the same guy who broke the issues with Bioware. It was the same guy. So this guy does tremendous work. Well, you know his articles are fantastic because I did see this too. And uh, yeah, basically the campaign was ripped out, butchered up, and cut into those little operator storyline things that nobody fucking played and nobody cared about because there's no overarching story this is our campaign fuck you no it wasn't you guys had a campaign that you wrote and again we talked about this when we knew the game was coming out that black ops 
probably the most story centric of all the branches of the Call of Duty. Absolutely. Uh, you know, storyline suddenly doesn't have those things. It's like it, it was it was ridiculous. And like you said, man, um, Activision, the more it's kind of coming out as you know, they're they're pieces of shit, just like EA. Speaking of EA, do you hear this ridiculousness that they're talking about? What the surprise mechanics thing? Yeah, how um, the surprise mechanics are completely ethical that they don't see any issue with it. And it's just like it's two step forwards once or one step forward, two steps back with this fucking company. They can't get it through their head. Well, uh, how can you see the issue if your fucking eyes are covered with all that cash? Yeah, that's so, a fact. So yeah, I didn't want to get into that too deeply, but there's um, gonna be a, there's gonna be a big push in regulating uh, the sort of gambling, the virtual gambling at least in video games. Yeah, I've definitely heard a lot about that coming because uh, I think uh, Australia is basically like nah. Australia's like Australia and parts of Europe yeah. just said straight up no. Yeah, can't do it. And, uh, man, what are these games going to do when they're completely stripped out of the main I think, mechanic, mechanic of it all? Uh, I, think, um, I think the big thing would be to either, A, get rid of them totally, or, B, label it as an adult-only game. Because now a lot of places won't carry AO you know games, that. you know? GameStop but will not carry you, it. you got to be 18 to gamble in some places 21. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's what it is at the end of the day. But, you know, we've spoken enough about loot boxes, but I think it's a bit ridiculous on their part. Absolutely. So Activision uh, showing their ugly selves. And uh, but yeah, I, I agree because I saw this too and I thought it was pretty interesting. All right, man. The next one is you as well. All right. So here's the second Call of Duty thing. Ooh. Excuse me. Um, so I picked up Black Ops 3 because it was on sale and my buddies were like, well, let's find another game to kind of play. And I was like, all right, sure. So we bought that. We bought Zombie Chronicles. That was the kind of the main attraction for me. Right. I was like, I want to play zombies again because it's been so long. Um, so first of all, it feels so good to revisit a lot of these maps like Ascension, Kino, Verruckt, and all these maps we kind of grew up with Absolutely. and see them redone in the full remastered version. Uh, some of them have noticeable like lighting changes. Other have like quality of life changes, things like that. But it feels so good to just be running a train on the stage again or, you know, linking all the teleporters and getting Pack-A-Punch and fucking the giant, you know, phenomenal. Um, so that being said, um, I... My Call of Duty thing is always like I buy it for one reason and then I always end up exploring everything it has to offer. So I started getting into multiplayer a bit. And I started putting in some time and I started having some fun with it and things like that. And I don't think it's a bad multiplayer experience, but here's kind of my hot take on it. And this is going to be like people are going to like not like this opinion. But um, the multiplayer in Infinite Warfare was leagues better than Black Ops 3 multiplayer. <laughs> I, I truly think that. Um, it, it's fun. Don't get me wrong, and I think it does a lot of cool things, but um, Infinite Warfare's, uh, like, the 3D wall run mechanic, way more refined, way better, way smoother. Um, their whole DLC gun thing, you could literally earn every single DLC gun in Infinite Warfare by completing a challenge. You did not have to buy it. You had all these, um, they had mission teams where it's, like, additional contracts, but you do it for a set team and things like that. I, I feel, um, I'm at this point, I didn't even prestige it in Black Ops 3, but I'm at this point where I find myself not wanting to do the grind. And I'm like halfway to, you know, first prestige. And I'm like, damn, I, I think this is the quickest, maybe aside from um, the COD 4 remake, that I'm like, I don't really feel like I need to put all this crazy time into it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is crazy. Because when Infinite Warfare dropped, when that video dropped, there was total shit show. It was sixth most disliked video on YouTube, you know? And then I, I gave it some time. I, I gave my thoughts out on it. But now going back and playing Black Ops 3... I was like, wow, this is crazy, because I feel like Infinite Warfare would have done really well if it wasn't a Call of Duty game, if it wasn't labeled Call of Duty. I'd agree with that, actually. I think people would have loved it. It would have been like, you know, like Titanfall. Yeah, I'd agree. That's, I, th I think I 100% agree with your assessment, um, because I think the main issue that everybody had was kind of the, the visual 
um, kind of the world building around it. It had nothing to do with the mechanics of the game or how the game played or none of it. It was all based on the fact that we're in space suddenly, and that's not a Call of Duty thing. Well, that's well, a Halo man, thing. You look at some of these maps in Infinite Warfare, and they're so fucking beautiful. Like, there's this one map that's um, it's literally an abandoned fucking space station right next to like a galaxy in a black hole, and you just look up in the map, and it's just gorgeous. And you can't have that if you have a down to earth grounded Call of Duty. Granted, that you know, I love those cods equally yeah but i think there was a lot more creative liberties taken with infinite warfare it is easily the most consumer friendly cod of this generation because i'm you know you could say like cod 4 and you know but that's not really a contest there and i don't know i just thought that revisiting it zombies is fucking fun i got a couple new favorite maps up there shadows of evil is is a phenomenal map i don't care what anybody says yeah i like it it is really good um and I don't know, that was just kind of my opinion on it because I thought I was going going to go in there and like, you know, fucking six prestige, put like 10 days on the game type of shit. But I find myself wearing out a lot quicker than I did with most other Call of Duties. Strange. I, I, dude, I think I got to level 15 on Infinite Warfare and I had enough of it, I think. But I think, well, which one came first? Black Ops 3 came first. Well, then maybe that's why it's a little bit more refined. That makes sense, doesn't it? Doesn't that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So um, I'm not gonna. I liked Black Ops Three, but it was nothing compared to Black Ops Two. Black Ops Two to me might be the pinnacle, or like the ultimate apex of this whole franchise, where it was just like had a little bit of the futurized stuff, but it wasn't so far off where we couldn't relate to it, or it was like didn't exist. And, um, and well, because like, that game was set in what 2021, yeah, or yeah. like 2030 maybe yeah. somewhere around there. And they had technology that you're just like, oh, that's futuristic, but it's not complete, crazy, completely yeah. far fetched. To me, Black Ops Two is the pinnacle of all of that. That's just my opinion on the matter. Um, to me, Black Ops Four was okay as far as the gameplay it was whatever. Um, they they went very CG on me without putting the same love and care towards the operators or the characters or whatever the fuck they're called, and. Um, yeah, Black Ops Three, like you said, it was you know I think it's the start where for a lot of people with the fatigue for the advanced movement system is starting to well because we got what advanced warfare then Black Ops Three, three yeah. then Infinite Warfare yeah and then we're back to boots on ground with World at War yeah so or World War Two World War Two yeah you do, right. you do that every time <laughs> but uh, no you're right and um, yeah man I, I, again I I enjoy Infinite Warfare I love how you just like you know what. Fuck it, I love this fucking game, which, whatever, man, taste their own. I, I'm just saying, I think there was a lot more there to keep me invested in the long run. Sure, absolutely. That, that being said, the zombies in Black Ops 3 is leagues, infinite loads better than the zombies in Infinite Warfare, which I still had some fun with. Yeah. But, you know, you're not going to beat Darius. You're not going to beat Shinonuma. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a Treyarch thing, man, because I feel like anytime somebody other than Treyarch gives it a run, it's just like, well, it's, it's, it's okay. There were good attempts. Yeah. And there were bad attempts. Um. But, hey, man, we're here now. Also, the nice thing about having Black Ops 3 on PC is that people make custom maps all the time. Mm-hmm. So I played Zombies on Modern Warfare 2 Rust. Nice. That, that was fucking great. Cool. All, all the perks are, like, right there. You got Pack-A-Punch right there. You just fucking run around and gun them. And then they bring in every special zombie except the dogs. So you got, like, the Juggernauts from Modern Warfare 2. You got the Napalm zombie from uh, Shangri-La. You got the Shrieker zombies. You got all this way. Oh, you got the Panzer Soldat from Origin. Oh, okay. you got you got all of them at one point. And interesting. Like, oh fuck. Interesting. Interesting. Speaking of interesting choices that a team has made, let's talk about Siege's new of newest event. They got this uh, cowboy showdown thing that they got going right now, and I want your opinion on it. 
it's fun. I yeah. like it. It's a 3v3. I think Siege adapts pretty well to a, uh, let's call it a team tactical, right? Because yeah. that's what COD called it, 3v3. Yeah. I think it scales down well to a 3v3. Uh, you know me. I like the whole big uh, like theme things that they do. I think they're fun, and I think they put a lot of time and work into it, and it shows. Um, Did we know this was coming out before it dropped? I feel like they were... They, they let us know like a day before. They're like, hey. That's strange. Hey, Chief. My big thing with Siege's themed stuff for weekends is that I want more challenges to unlock more packs. I'm not paying for these fucking packs, damn you. I just want that Thermite headgear. Give me that shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, as far as the cosmetic standpoint, I think it's probably one of the better events we've had. I mean, because even with every, everybody looks different. Like, yeah. when you like what, noticeably different. Yeah, when you did Outbreak, they all kind of had the hazmat suit, and they all kind of looked the same. But here... They have like their own their own cowboy personality and all that. So for those of you that may not know, like Gabe said, it is three v three, and instead of them having them their own set of equipment, everybody has the Boss G shotgun and uh, the revolver. And uh, essentially, it's like, well, it's, you know, run them and gun them. It's, real, it's quick, dirty, and it's fun. Yeah, quick, dirty, fun. Uh, I like, like I said, I think I like a lot of the cosmetic choices. Um, well, I there's one thing that I dislike about it, and that's the tint because they had like this. Fucking CPM. Well, well, they always add tints to their events. Like the last one, the Rainbow Sparkles one, had like this gross pink filter. Well, that that's that's fine though. But I feel like I don't know. I just feel like this one's a little bit unnecessary. But um, it is a. I think it's gotten going on for the next two weeks or so. So if you haven't played it yet, it's fun. Um, especially if you're trying to like warm up. Like if you don't want to like hop full into like a full blown casual or ranked game, you're like you know what? Let me get my aim straight. The revolver is going to get your aim straight real quick. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, it, it's it's good stuff. And I just wanted to. You know, it's anyways. nice to break up the pacing, especially if like you're not warming up. You could do it as a cooldown because you know siege. I tell everybody like I love Rainbow Six Siege, but I find myself. Uh, playing a little bit less because it's one of those games where you got to be 110% if you want to do well in. Yeah. You know, if you go in and you're half asleep, you're going to have a really bad time. Yeah. And then you're not going to be doing jack shit for most of the round. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to kind of lay back and have that Call of Duty feel where you can just run and gun and you don't necessarily need to plan all these crazy strats. Yeah. Just enjoy the mechanics of the game and the simplicity of what an FPS at its core is. Absolutely. I agree. Did you, so did you ever get a chance to look up that clip that I that I, that I sent to you? I, no, I did not see it. No. I'm have to describe it. it to me. Have, no, I'll show it to you once we get done with this. But yeah, um, they did a good job with it. And um, Did was, you find the grave with the uh, Outbreak Alien? No. No? No. You're going to have to show you that. Yeah, you're going to have to show me that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's interesting. And um, we'll see what happens next with Siege. Um, we got the new season coming up soon. Already? Yeah. Crazy, no? What's the next season called? Uh, we don't have a name yet, as far as I know. But soon. How do you feel about this season? I feel like the operators... I know Nook is pretty good, because we haven't talked about Siege in a minute. I heard Warden was grossly underrated. Or, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? He's not that crazy good. Yeah. And I think I predicted it that he's going to see a lot of playing, like, casual. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. These two operators... I, I feel like there's initial hype be behind every new operator kind of thing. And people are like, oh, these are going to be game-changing. They're going to be so broken, blah, blah, blah. And then when they're implemented you barely see them making a mark after that first like week or two. Yeah. You know, I think the last time we've had like a set of operators, like really kind of changed the face of the game was probably Mira and Jackal. Yeah. They completely redefined the game. Yeah. You, you could say the same about the outbreak characters, but those only broke everything. Cause they're, they themselves are so grossly broken. Yeah. They, they were strong. So I'm going to ask you a quick question just off the top of your head that what you could think of, what is your, what has been your favorite set of two operators? Since my maybe favorite set of two operators. Probably of since the beginning of Siege so far. Uh, I think Maestro and Alibi were a lot of fun. Yeah, that was mine too. Uh, Maestro sees a lot of play still to this day, you know, rightfully so. Yeah, he's a beast. And Alibi a lot less. But I think 
Uh, Alibi is really good for that player that kind of wants to get into learning some new strats, and that's a little bit tricky. Like, mm-hmm. if you like playing Loki on Smite, you'll probably like playing Alibi. Quick and dirty, get in, get out. True, true, And true. setup is everything, man. I watched a couple of videos on how you're playing Alibi wrong, and uh, one of the guys was essentially saying that, hey, don't put them in obvious spots like windows. People are going to know it's a it's a decoy. You put them in spots that they have to go over and they can't shoot out the, the gadget because then when they go through it, you get an icon. You know exactly where they are. Yeah, that that's definitely part of it. Yeah, because a lot of people put them behind like tables and stuff like that. I'm like, no, nah, I put them in a corner where I don't where they're when they're fucking going around peeking the corner, and then they like, oh shit, and they get fucking startled, and then they shoot. That's that's the the corner that you put. Or it you drop a deployable and you drop the gadget behind it because now they have to mantle over it or toss a grenade. Either yeah. way, you're gonna know exactly where they're coming from. Absolutely, and um, yeah, Alibi definitely gets less play, but she's definitely viable. She has a good weapon for the most part. Uh, but Maestro to me was the fucking is my probably one of my favorite DLC ops that we've had uh, at least for a while. So um, yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right, so we got some stuff. We got some music talk. Yes, sir. So let me go get the again that pulled up again. So we got the, your retro review from the previous week. Highly suspect, Mister Asylum. Uh, go ahead, go ahead and go first. No, oh, you want me to go first? Sure. So I kind of discovered this band on accident. I was coming across. Uh, some Spotify stuff and their song Lydia came up and I was like, Hey, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then it was one of those like, Oh, Hey, the album's dropping soon. So I picked it up listened to it and I like fell in love with it. I thought it had everything I liked in a good rock and roll album, it had good production, had dirty, it had sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And that's what matters at its core. Those lyrics are very explicit and things of that nature. Yep. Johnny Stevens voice is very unique and captivating in my opinion. And I think the guitar work is interesting enough to keep you, uh, wanting and guessing, what's around the next corner in the next song and things of that nature. But I don't think it's to the point of like math core or like gent where it's like, Oh my God, it's still crazy. It's this album. In my opinion is, is crafted in such a way where it's very welcoming to a casual listener. Like you don't per se have to be a metal fan or a rock and roll fan or whatever to enjoy this music because I have friends that have never heard of ACDC and they love highly suspect and things like that. And that's just my opinion. I think it's a very uh, interesting thing we're seeing because rock and roll has been dead for a very long time, right? Probably since I couldn't give you a year because now everybody's going <laughs> to pick and choose, right? Yeah. But I feel like metal has become the new rock and roll, at least in our eyes. And you know that might be a bit of a jaded opinion, but take it as you will. But now we're starting to see Highly Suspect is at the forefront of this. They have two albums out. Royal Blood is doing a lot of good stuff. Queens of the Stone Age are having their second wind, and then the bands like Fever War that are walking that middle line between like grimy hardcore punk music and like rock and roll stuff. Yeah. So we're starting to see like a push and a resurgence into the rock and roll scene. I really appreciate that. Yeah, cool. So I give this album a listen. I am not very familiar with this band. It was Gabe's recommendation, and I listened to it. And overall, I will say that it's a pretty well-crafted rock album. Now, not necessarily my flavor, mm-hmm. because you know Gabe said has said in the past that I have a very particular flavor not exactly mine uh but overall i i can't really name you like a standout track but what i can name tell you is that every song seems important everything is well put together um the album plays as a whole very well because there was multiple times where i'm like okay well let me listen to it and the next thing i'm like hey i recognize this song and it plays over and over again pretty well you know i I had a very rough week last week so i was like okay let me give this a shot and i kept on listening to it i'm like i I didn't really skip a track you know what I mean? I oh, that's good. I couldn't really, you know, find myself to kind of switch away, but like it was there. It's good background music for sure. Um, and like I said, not exactly my genre, but like you said, man, it's good to have those rock bands because especially 
there's stuff out there like because we don't have a rock radio station really in, in, in Chicago. We have Q101, but that's like transitioned from being when I started listening to Q101, they'd play Slipknot all the time. Yeah. And that was like right before Volume 3 came out. So there's all this hype and stuff for it. And they transitioned from doing that into doing like more rock stuff. And now they're just doing the alternative stuff. Yeah. So uh, we don't really have one. So it's kind of hard to for us and for me because I don't listen to the radio at all anymore to um, be exposed to kind of the more recent rock stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to keep track. I, I find myself, and this is something, another interesting take that I'm going to have after this before we get into the next topic. I find myself getting more into uh, the synth pop stuff with rock elements more than I get find myself listening to rock radio. So you like that 80s kind of fuzzy guitar and keyboard? A little bit. I mean, I, I got stuff like like Billie Eilish. Mm-hmm. She, has, she has influences of rock in her shit, whether people want to acknowledge that or not. And Halsey, I've been getting into her. She has rock elements in her shit too. So um, that's kind of like the, the big... Fun fact, Halsey had a hundredth quote for her senior picture. Yeah, did she? Yeah, she's a hardcore kid. Yeah. Um, so I find myself kind of leaning towards that when it comes to radio stuff. But overall, it's a pretty good album. It's not bad. Uh, I don't know how many times I'm going to go through it, but I'm sure it's something like my, my wife would really love if she got into it and stuff like that. But um, it's not a bad album, and I think it was a pretty good recommendation to kind of expand my horizons a little bit. I think it's important to note... That I don't want to say this is the pivotal album that's going to bring back rock and roll, but I think it's important to point these things out because as far as I'm concerned, this is the most interesting piece of rock and roll music that's come out in the last five years for me. And it's actually just going on four. It's going to be four next week. So I don't know. That was just kind of my opinion on it. Alrighty. So I'm trying to contemplate here uh, who I'm going to do for our uh, or my turn this week. And I'm going to do it. I've decided that I'm going to... Give it, make it force you <laughs> to listen to uh, A Thousand Sons by Lincoln Park. Cool. I want you to listen to the album, hold it totally in full, and I want your opinion on it. Is it are you familiar with it? Uh, relatively. Okay. I, I never did like a deep dive or an extended listen, but cool. I think this would be a good opportunity for you to do it. Do you want me to wear a blindfold when I listen? Yes. You want me to have like the scales of justice in yep. there? Okay. Yes. So, A Thousand Sons by Lincoln Park. Uh, my opinion, my favorite Lincoln Park album. So, I'm going to be able to talk about this extensively sure. when we get there. So, um, that's next week's review. Uh, for the retro review, dope, good dope. stuff. Uh, so you put this on here, and then that got me thinking, where the fuck is Northern Coast? So at? the only re- the reason why I put it up there is because they posted up a new artwork mm-hmm. on Facebook, and they've been very quiet since then. This is about a week ago that they posted it up, and it's just like this yellow hue looking thing with some squares in it, and everybody's like, hmm, mm-hmm. where the fuck? Those what? chickens are up to something. Yeah, what they're trying to. Everybody's trying to figure out what they're up to. And uh, yeah, I was just kind of get your opinion on it. I mean, uh, they've well, been pretty kind of radio silent. On well, what they've well been okay, because we have two two things we need to cover here. First of all, Northern Ghost is at, is at the forefront of that new wave of Trinity, the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, where it's Bad Omens, Thousand Below, and Northern Ghost. Those are like our forerunners for this next wave of yep. metalcore and metalcore influenced music, right? Yep. Um, I love their shit. That album, the last album they dropped, their first debut album, it still holds up greatly. And it was what three years at this point, yeah, three years something old, something like that. Yeah. Um, that is, uh, fucking Northern Ghost. Now we need to talk about the thing that nobody wants to talk about when a band goes quiet. Um, when a band goes quiet for a while, it's two things, right? Either they're working on new stuff, um, or there's turmoil in the band mm-hmm. because when Vanna went radio silent, you pointed it out. I You're like, it. it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a little long. They had their uh, their uh, tour, their uh, headlining tour, and then they got really quiet. And I, and I said, I pointed out, I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like how quiet. Yeah. I don't like how quiet they've gotten. And so I think this is a band that's just starting to get a taste of 
uh, the lifestyle, really. You know, I think they're going to blow up. And I think if they put in the love and work, which it appears that they're doing so for this next album, because they've been quiet for a little over a year now since their last tour, I think if they treat it with the same respect as they treated the first album and all that stuff, I think they're only going to go up from here. Yeah. I'm excited to see. I like the fact that uh, I feel like, um, especially in this scene of music, that a lot of people, a lot of bands, fail to take the time necessary to polish off their product. Um, there's like this maybe fear to like, okay, we we'll release it and we got to keep going. We got to keep going because if we stop, they're going to they're gonna stop. They're going to lose interest. They're going to yeah. forget us. They're going to forget us. And um, this is a band that, like you said, has been quiet for a while and they've seemed to be putting all that time towards polishing their product and making sure it sounds good and looks good and all that. Um, so we'll have to see what's next for them. Uh, I'm looking forward to it greatly because I think I agree with you that 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 album was extremely well done, extremely impressive for a band that was brand new. For a debut album, yeah. that production is better than some of the third or fourth or fifth albums some of these other bands are cranking out that have been around and have gotten complacent. I agree. So uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see about them. But I knew that if I put this on here, you'd get excited. So Yeah, I you know. <laughs> well, because I think we mentioned this story before. I just came across one of their singles one day. I was like, Jake, listen to this. And he's like, oh. I was like, oh, shit, the album came out. And so we listened to it, and we both really enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's... Uh, we're at that wave where everybody listened to Bring Me the Horizon, and now you're getting the the uh, filtered kind of yeah. taste. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, that's why I put it on there. So, you put this next one on here. Oh, boy. I got to look at this next one real quick. This next one. Uh, okay, so I was you, – you ever think of something really good, and you're in bed, and your eyes are closed, but you're like, fuck, if I don't write this song, I'm going to forget it? Yeah. You ever had that? This was me and this. I don't know how this thought came across my head, but I was like, there's got to be songs out there that regardless of the genre, you should listen to. Right. So even if let's say I know we're both rap fans here, but let's just say we weren't. I think there's a couple of songs out there that like even if you don't like that style of music, that production and all that good stuff, you should still listen to it because of the quality and what it did uh, to change the scene or tell a story, whatever it may be. Do you have any of those songs off the top of your head? Not necessarily like rap, but anything in general. So as far as songs that you just like just because it's a good song you have to listen to, I think uh, not from our perspective, but if you are a fan of music. When Bohemian Rhapsody comes on, you mm-hmm. stop what the fuck you're doing and you listen. Yeah, you listen to Bohemian Rhapsody. I think nothing but a G thing. If it comes on, doesn't matter if you like rap or not. You like that fucking song because it has such a good fucking funk to it and soul. Um, as far as anything else, ah man, I don't know. Um, because I feel like stuff that's classic to me may not be classic to other people. So I would have to kind of step myself, step out of myself in that regard to kind of establish kind of a thought process on it. Absolutely. So um, Bohemian was, was the second thong song I thought of. My first one, my first go-to was um, Immortal Techniques, Dance with the Devil. Mm-hmm. That song is ridiculous. Have you heard it? No. You sit down and listen to that. That song was sudden chills down your spine and that song will ruin you because yeah. it is that fucking good. Uh, Dream On by Aerosmith. Dream On, another good one. Yeah. I think... Um, if we took some time to think about these, I'm sure we could come up with a whole list. But um, that being said, man, like, you know, we don't really dip into the country stuff. We don't really dip into this or that. But there's always something in there in those genres that you can come across and like. You know what I'm saying? So go out there and listen to some shit, man. Hurt by Johnny Cash. Oh, my God. Yeah. You ever, ever watch that video for that? Yep. It'll fucking break your heart. It is ridiculous. Yeah. You ever hear the 100th cover of Hurt by Johnny Cash? Yeah, really good cover, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's interesting. It would definitely, uh, maybe we'll put some thought into us. Maybe put a little left together between me and you. Yeah, Try to figure this out. Uh, but yeah, man. So, ah, oh, shit. What was I going to bring up? There was one more thing I wanted to bring up before we signed up. Music out. stuff. Yeah, there was one more thing. Fuck, 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 fuck. 
Shit, I forgot. <laughs> uh, I'll probably remember it. I'll put it on the agenda at some point. Good copy. Um, so we got that going, and I think that's uh, that's the episode. Um, yeah, man. So you got anything else? Uh, I was I had this thought swirling around in my head, and I think um, because you and I like very distinct and different types of hardcore metalcore punk music. Um, so I was thinking we should settle down and do an East Core versus West Core because you like that West Coast shit and I like that East Coast shit. And a lot of my favorite bands are from the East Coast. Speaking about favorite bands, I'm going to go see Every Time I Die play on a fucking boat. <laughs> yeah, man. So let's talk about that real quick because Every Time I Die always comes up with all the fun shit. Shit that you th- that you wish bands would come up with. Every time it's like, well, fuck it. Let's do it. This is the third year in a row that they've done the boat tour. That's crazy. And it's a three-hour set mm-hmm. on a boat that has catering and in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think every time I die is just in this position where they don't give a shit. Yeah. They literally toured with Fall Out Boy last year. They're opening up for Coheed and Cambria and then Mastodon. That actually sounds pretty fucking sick, though. And, and like you, you think of all these things that every time I die has done with you know their twenty years of bullshit, and it's it's incredible to me because these guys they don't care. Their name doesn't have to be the top one on the on the placard. Well, if uh, you know Buckley's doing it, he's the one designing it, so. Yeah, shit out of luck. But anyway, like you know what I'm saying? Like they don't care, man. They're just out there for that grind, and it's paying off because they have. Look, look at me for example, right? Three years ago, I knew like, and every time I tied, every time I die song, Low Teens came out, totally absorbed, changed my life. I went to Buffalo in the fucking middle of winter to go see him, and now I'm going to New York. True. <laughs> I think they have such a good loyal fan base; they can get away with shit like this. Um. Where did every time I die come from you? Like, it didn't come from me, right? It didn't come from me. No, it did come from you because you said uh, we were at uh, Warp Tour and you're like, hey, this is every time I die. I was like, all right, cool. And I listened to some of the stuff and I was like, what do you recommend I go home and listen to? And you're like, oh, go listen to like Werewolf and this and that. And I was like, okay, good copy. And then it started off slow. And then before you know it, boom, uh, like a dozen every time I die shirts, like all these fucking wall decorations, <laughs> this and that. Interesting, interesting. So you're welcome. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so next week, actually, we do have a little, little bit of a fun uh, kind of a, a thing coming up. Are you going to Disrupt? Are you going? Mm, oh, the shit, that's next week, ain't it? That's Friday. That's Friday. I will have to let you know about that one. Because I'm going. I'm going to be there. Good stuff. They posted the set list or the set times, and I'm so stoked because I don't have to be there till like 2 because I don't give a fuck about Juliet Sims or what the fuck they else they got going on. But Trophy Ice plays at 2.30, so I'm like, you know what? Nice. They're going to be good live, man. Yeah, I bet. So I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm staying the whole thing. Some 41 doesn't hit the stage till 10.15. Oh, man. So, and use this headlining, right? Using a trail? No. no. Yeah, the, some 41 is headlining. Some 41 is headlining. Yeah. So um, 10.45. Wow. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> there's like midnight. Yeah. So it's going to be a good show though. Cause, cause my, my sister, cause I'm going with my sister. She's like, are we staying till the end? I'm like, well, some 41 is like 21% of the reason why I want to go. So yeah. What an oddly specific number. Yeah. Well, you know, we may not have warp tour or a true warp tour around this year, but we'll get sunburnt like there still is. So I have a theory. What's your theory? My theory is, is that the reason why monster didn't do their own thing this year is because they're still committed to the warp tour. They're doing those, those festival dates or whatever the fuck they have their own stage or whatever. So I'm thinking next year they better fucking come out with something. Cause I'm gonna be pissed. Telling you man, hunger game style. <laughs> right. you, you have your record labels, throw out two or three bands of pop, put them in a fucking venue and just shred all Dude, day. Amp versus amp, like fucking Scott program. Yeah. Think about how cool it'd be to see like, a couple bands from like Sumerian Records go up against a couple bands from like Rise Records. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. All right. So that was the Second City Kids podcast, episode number 123. And we'll be back for next week for 124. And I will have that Disrupt Festival review. I don't know if Gabe will, but you know, we'll you know, find out. We'll find out. Tune in next week for the podcast to find out. But until then, folks, goodbye.
Deuces. I didn't. I don't want to change the change the thing. Deuces. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces. Deuces.